This is a time of transformation. As old ways fall, men are called to rise, to heal our lives, grow strong, and transcend our limitations. In tribes around the world, drawing on the best of masculinity from all of time, a new day is beginning. This is the renaissance of men. You are the renaissance. Hello and welcome to The Grounded Athlete, which is a platform I created to spread awareness for grounding and all the awesome things it can do for your spiritual, mental, and physical well-being. This is a movement that incorporates science into the very spiritual process of being connected to the earth. And to all of you who have followed me from the get-go, you'll know that this isn't just being barefoot on the ground. Um, a lot of really, really cool things happen when you provide a channel for the earth's surface charge into your body. It's going to be a great week here. It's Thanksgiving week. We're all going to be taking some time to connect with our loved ones and be thankful for what we have and who we have. And we're going to kick ass in our workouts this week so we can eat whatever the hell we want come Thanksgiving Day. This week, I'm going to be releasing a series of videos around seven to eight total, um, which I'm going to deem the grounding vagal connection. So you'll be seeing a lot of my face this week, which I'm not sorry, talking about vagal tone and grounding. So get ready. Hello. My name is Will Spencer, and you're listening to the Renaissance of Men podcast. How much do you know about your feet? How much do you know about the electrical charge in your body? How much do you know about the electrical charge of the earth? How much do you know about the ways your feet are a conduit for the electrical charge of the earth to impact the electrical charge of your body and radically transform your health? If you're like me, oh, several days ago, you'd probably say not much to all of those questions and think I'm a bit woo-woo for asking. But as it turns out, there's actual hard science behind all of this, published papers and all. And this week, my guest is a man who's made it his mission in life to bring this knowledge to the world, not just by telling people, but showing them. His name is Rob, and he's a professional sprinter who, like many pro athletes, was on a quest to find an edge over his competition. Diet fads, cold therapy, massage, he tried it all. Then one day he heard about grounding, which is simply walking barefoot on the earth, and a whole new world opened up before his eyes. That discovery ultimately led him to making sandals to embody his mission, which brought him to the attention of thousands of people around the globe, including leaders I respect, and then finally to me, through my good friend Devin, the high bard of Chattistan, who connected us. In this conversation, Rob and I discuss his history as a pro athlete and how it led him to discover grounding. Details about the many surprising health benefits of the deceptively simple practice, the spiritual dimensions of grounding and how they link to his Native American heritage, and his journey to learn how to make his best-selling Gaia sandals by hand. Rob is humble, so this might embarrass him a bit, but it was inspiring for me to speak to a man who believes in his mission to the degree that he does, and who chose to express it so creatively in footwear. It's my wish that all men find a purpose as powerful as Rob has that motivates them to action. And I hope by listening to him, his passion for grounding inspires you to find your mission and to find out for yourself what the earth has to say to your body through your feet. It's my great pleasure to introduce this week's guest on the Renaissance of Men podcast, Rob of the Grounded Athlete. 
Rob, the Grounded Athlete, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Absolutely. I'm super excited to be here. This awesome podcast. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Well, just a bit of disclosure. We talked about this already. I was looking forward to this conversation because I wanted to learn more about grounding to see if, okay, maybe I should buy the sandals or not. But in doing the research to get ready to talk to you, you talked me into it. You already convinced me with your videos and and with the information that was out there. So I'm already bought in. However, I still want to have this open conversation because I'm so interested in learning more. And even though I already got the sandals last night, I'm like, no, I have to absolutely support this. I still want to have this open conversation and learn more about grounding and its benefits. That is awesome because that tells me that my videos are working and they're convincing people that grounding is an awesome thing that they can do for their health. So I'm glad that I'm glad that 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 message got to you. So but sounds like you want me to to reconvince you here. So, um, sure. Grounding. Where do you want me to start? How do you want to do this? <laughs> well, let's start. Let's start with your background. Let's start with okay. the, the 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 streams that started flowing in to make you interested in grounding, and I suppose physical health and and how it all led to the making of a sandal. My whole life, I've always been interested in human body and optimizing it. Being an athlete, uh, that was always an, an area of of major interest for me. How can I make my body the best it can be? Mm-hmm. And I've looked at diet, I've looked at workouts and all of all of the really material way to go about it. But when I discovered this, this was something that it just kind of blew my mind because you could be doing everything right, uh, nutrition-wise, workout-wise, recovery-wise. But the thing with grounding is that if you're not connected to the earth in some way, all of this stuff, it's helpful, but it's not going to fully manifest if you're not connected to the earth. And I, I'll go into that uh, later in, in more detail if you mm-hmm. want. But yeah, my, my whole life, I've always been interested in the human body and how, how best to optimize it. And my, my education background, I've got a, a couple of degrees in, in health-related domains. My interest in, in optimizing the human body led me ultimately led me to grounding. And what's your athletic background? Because I see you sprinting and and lifting and all and swinging kettlebells around. But you know, I mean, you seem like <laughs> actually like an athlete, athlete. Yeah, I'm I'm a sprinter. I'm a competitive sprinter. I just oh, picked gosh. up my my first sponsor this past spring, so now I can start doing it with a little name behind my name. So it's it's really cool. That's but, awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm a sprinter and I, I do weightlifting sometimes. I'm not weightlifting as much right now because I, I have my views on weightlifting and how it affects speed and all that. Yeah, because it's one of the things that sounds out about your videos is you've really achieved this elite level of fitness. It's like, how does <laughs> yeah. he how how does he maintain that? More importantly, why? Because it's really difficult to maintain a level of fitness like that unless you have to do it professionally, I suppose, for some reason. Yeah, so I, uh, I, I'm my own coach right now. I program all my own stuff. So it's, it's taken me a long time to learn. Everybody's different. It's taken me a long time to learn what works best for my body. That's important in the fitness world is that everybody's different. Everybody's body moves different, different things work for different people. And I finally come to something that, that works for me. And I just started big with the kettlebell stuff. I love kettlebells. I think they're super portable and versatile. And I think everybody should have a kettlebell. I have one in my, the back seat of my car right now. Mm-hmm. And with the gyms being closed down, I think the kettlebell is awesome to have. Like I did strictly just like kettlebell stuff this past summer. And the interesting thing is that when I got back into all my training, like with the barbell, barbell training is that all my numbers were just like insane. Just like I was hitting new PRs and stuff. So that kettlebell work, man, it, it'll, it'll hit you different. So what, what sort of kettlebell work do you do? Mostly uh, just, just the kettlebell swing. I think it's, it's, it integrates 
your entire body, specifically that lower posterior chain. Mm -hmm. For me, a big thing is my hamstrings that loads my hamstrings in a very ballistic, eccentric way that I think carries over to my explosive movements on the track and in the weight room. So absolutely love it. And I'm not, I'm not a kettlebell expert, Mm -hmm. but I like the ballisticness of it. I like how you have to be explosive to get the the weight up to to swing it um and i think that translates a lot to athleticism triple extension all that so so you were training as a sprinter and in the process of learning to optimize your own body you came across grounding as one stage of a journey of exploring alternative kind of therapies or something i guess you'd say yeah grounding i mean even though i've been i've been learning about it for a while the last couple years it's still in my latest discoveries mm-hmm. everything else i've kind of i've i've looked at and i've read about and i feel like i've done it the best i can do it but grounding is just the work is important but grounding is it just trumps everything else to me in terms of recovery and just overall health and well-being it's insanely it's insanely important to the athlete and to anyone in general looking to optimize themselves what other, I guess, modalities would you say that you explore before you finally arrived at grounding? Because it seems like you're probably trying a lot of different things. Mostly everything when it comes to recovery. I've done a lot of different types of massage work. I've done a lot of cold exposure, uh, ice baths and stuff, even though I'm not really a big fan of the ice baths anymore in terms of recovery. In terms of the metabolic effects of cold exposure, yeah, I think it's really cool. But as far as recovery, like ice baths after training and all that, I don't... Mm-hmm. I'm not the biggest fan of that just because anytime you're, you're blunting your body's inflammatory response, you're kind of just essentially slowing down its healing process. So I kind of shied away from the, the whole ice baths and icing after training and all that. Yeah. Different diet fads and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Mostly everything, man, just to, just to make my recovery go a little bit smoother and better. And, you know, to, to this day, there's no known treatment to speed up the recovery process. There's, there's modalities you can do that can make the, the after effects of training, the pain more tolerable. But to this day, until I came across this grounding paper, uh, there, there have been no known treatments to speed up this process. You can do like massage and stuff, and mm-hmm. acupuncture and all that to make things tolerable. But what they found with grounding is that it actually, it speeds up your, your recovery process. So you're looking for all these different ways to improve your recovery. You've trying all these different massage techniques and, and, and ice baths, which I know are popular with athletes or common anyway. Maybe they're not popular with athletes, but certainly athletes do them. <laughs> yeah. And then one day you stumble across this idea of, of grounding. So how did this find its way to you? I was driving to practice uh, one day and I was going through the podcast uploads on the podcast that I'm subscribed to. And mm-hmm. I saw a, a podcast, I think it was on Ben Greenfield, Ben Greenfield's podcast. He's like a fitness, a fitness uh, podcaster. And he had this guy named Clint Ober on his podcast. And Clint is considered by many, including me, uh, kind of one of the more of the pioneers of, of grounding. Mm-hmm. I mean, grounding isn't, it's not a discovery by any means, because humans dating way far back have always known that the the earth is it's healing in a way the only discovery about it is that we're starting to see the science behind it Mm -hmm. so it's it's a rediscovery of sorts but i was i was listening to this podcast with clint over and he's 
he was from like the the television communications industry so i was like what 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 is this guy going to talk about like mm-hmm. with the human body and everything but he basically he, he started uh, attaching like a uh, conductive electrode pads to his bed sheets and seeing how it affects his sleep and his pain levels. And he kind of just got immersed with it from there. And he found some, uh, some good friends in the medical society and they started doing some experiments. He was the first person I that informed me about how grounding affects your body. And then after that, after I read that, after I heard that podcast, uh, I went and read his book that he, he does with some of his, his medical friends and from there on, I was just, I was immersed. I loved what grounding was and what it does, what it does for you. So that kind of sparked a little fire there. How long ago was that? That was November of 2019, for sure. A year ago. A year ago, yeah. So I only learned about it for a year. I've been doing like so much reading and like researching with it that it feels like it's been forever. <laughs> but November 2019, I think is when. So you're just on your way to work one day, you know, driving and you put on this podcast. And he drops in this information about grounding and like the light goes off. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the awesome thing about podcasts. Maybe, maybe you're doing that for some <laughs> for men out there. So people are just like, oh, wow, you know, life's changed. So I'm sure, I'm sure that happens. I, I definitely hope that, that we're affecting men positively, by the way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Are. Thank you. Thank you. I'm just picturing this moment that your life is kind of pivoting around this information that you're receiving because now you are the grounded athlete and you've kind of built this, well, you've built this, this, this brand and this presence and this business out of this information. And I think that's a pretty remarkable transformation that, that has come about. I'm really curious about that, about what that process was like when you went from learning this to, I guess, embodying it is really the best way that I can put it. I don't like to consider myself the grounded athlete. I okay. made it, I made it as more of a collective term. Okay. That, you know, that everybody could use. They could call themselves the grounded athlete mm-hmm. because I think everybody should embody the athlete. I mm-hmm. think everybody should nurture their body in such a way that they are athletic because we're all, we're all athletes innately. You know, we come from a long line of strong athletic ancestors mm-hmm. you know, that had to fight for us to, to get to this point. So I think we're, we're all athletes. It's just a matter, matter of whether we, we nurture that. So it's the grounded athlete is more of a collective term, but so thinking, so how the grounded athlete came about as far as the, the brand name, the, the whole athlete part right there, that was a big part of it. And then throw grounding in there and you've got a, uh, an extremely powerful, powerful being right there. So mm-hmm. did it start out as a blog or as a way to promote this information? Or did you immediately go like, where did the sandals come from? And how did you learn how to make shoe? How did you learn how to make footwear? And how to, I mean, it's, it's just incredible because a lot of people wouldn't listen to a podcast like that and be like, you know what I've got to do? I've got to make sandals. <laughs> um, well, it, it was, it came from my own kind of curiosity because it's, I live in the Midwest and so it's, it's really cold here right now. So, mm. and in the winter when I'm grounding, uh, on like a uh, frozen soil and stuff like that, it's, it's tolerable, but it's not the most, you know, comfortable or convenient. So I just, I wanted a way that I could be grounded wherever I go. Cause most places are just like, you can't come in your barefoot or anything. So, right, right, right. Um, but I wanted uh, a, a piece of footwear that could keep me grounded when, 
in places that it's, it's hard to be grounded, you know, hard rocky surfaces and mm-hmm. um, rough terrain and stuff like that. So that's how the idea for the sandals came about. I just, I wanted something I could take with me everywhere in places, especially where I couldn't be barefoot. But yeah, it's, it started out with me um, just kind of obsessing over this, this research about grounding. And then I wanted other people to know about it. So I was like, okay, I have to, I have to create something. I have to create a platform or something so I can get this information out because it's super, super important for people to know about this. Mm-hmm. It's extremely monumental. And I think, I believe it's, it's something that can heal the world. I think it, I think it can alleviate disease and pain in the world. And that's what grounding means to me. That's what starting this, this whole kind of movement here meant to me. I, and then I started making the videos and stuff because much easier to to watch somebody talk about it than it is to to read a bunch of stuff about it so so when you first started to try grounding um what were some of the effects that you noticed immediately within yourself so you're reading the research you're listening to the podcast it's like okay cool i'll give it a try and so what was that what were those early days of you experimenting i suppose in november in in iowa with a, with a cold ground so when i first found out about grounding i was looking at it from a, a perspective of how can this help my training because athletics was a big part of my life and it still is. So I made it a habit to ground for 30 minutes a day okay. um, from that point on. And so I was even, even in the, even when I was like 10 degrees out, I was outside mm-hmm. uh, grounding. The biggest thing I noticed is that my body just, it didn't feel as fatigued. It mm-hmm. didn't feel like it was broken down as much. Like I was able to do more. I was able to train more and recover less. When, when I started implementing this, my training and my, my performances just kind of skyrocketed. And I I think a big part of that was that grounding was letting, was letting me train harder and train longer. And it was allowing my body to recover a lot better. And apart from that, I, grounding has a very parasympathetic effect on your body has a very calming effect on your body. And I think that's one of the biggest things people notice when they're grounded, when they're barefoot on the earth is that they get a sense of calm. You know, you you can, this is something you can feel. I'm sure you felt it. You you, Mm -hmm. have you ever been to a beach before? Um, this is like one of the, one of the the greatest places you can be grounded because of all the minerals and all the mineral content of the water. That's my favorite place to ground for sure. Mm -hmm. Something I noticed particularly is after I'm, when I'm at a beach, the, that following night of sleep is absolutely amazing. Mm. It's ins- like, um, and I think a big part of that is just being grounded for most of the day, being, being uh, all these electrons going into your body. And now, I mean, I, I sleep grounded now. So that's, that's eight hours, eight, nine hours a day. So mm. I think, so I just, I just recently got the, the bedding. So now my, now my bed is grounded. So. There's grounding bedding as well. There is grounding bedding and it. it connects to that grounding port in, the, in your wall outlet. So, oh, really, wow. yeah. <laughs> so you still, so you do, still do the 30 minutes of grounding on the ground during so, the day and now you, you sleep ground as well. Yes. Or what does it look like now in your life? I suppose. Right now it's really cold. So about an hour, hour a day, mm-hmm. hour a day, uh, direct contact with the earth. And then you add that eight to nine hours of my, my grounded sleep. So, I mean, that's, that's a lot of grounding in the day. Yeah, it's yeah, still, yeah. it's still not as much as I should be, which is all day, which is how it should be for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, in, in my climate and everything, it's just, it's, it's not really practical. <laughs> right. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but 
yeah, there's there's grounding bed sheets, there's grounding mats and stuff. So you can, you can plug it into the wall and you'll be grounded wherever you go. I, that used to be the way we just lived all the time was connected to the earth through bare feet and, and sleeping on the ground. And that's been what we're evolved to do. Absolutely. We slept on the ground. Uh, we wore conductive leather footwear, hides, you know, that mm-hmm. were conductive with the earth's surface charge. So mm-hmm. it's only in the last hundred or so years that uh, the rubber sole shoes have come about and kind of. They've, they've insulated us. They've insulated us from that negative surface charge. So, mm-hmm. and then, so as you're as you're, you know, heading into winter of 2019, early 2020, and you're studying all this, and you're you're experiencing firsthand the benefits of, of grounding yourself in terms of your training and recovery. Walk me through where the where the sandals came from. So you're like, oh, maybe I can. You, I know you mentioned you you wanted to make your own footwear so you could be grounded all the time. But where did you say, okay, well, this is what I have to do now is start making sandals. So I'll tell you this. I started a business prior to this and it was mostly just athletic consulting. Failed miserably because my prices were just too high. (laughs) I thought too too much of myself. Sure. Um, So, but part of that was I I started to ground shoes. And so I I had, I would order a bunch of just... uh, slip on shoes and I would essentially flip them. <laughs> I, uh, I would install copper, copper in them and that would ground them. Mm-hmm. I got tired of it. I mean, I, I didn't like, I didn't like not being involved in the whole process of it. And so I was just like, I need to make something myself. I was like, uh, shoes are really, really difficult to make mm-hmm. if you don't have the, the heavy duty equipment to do it. So it's like, well, let's make some sandals that, uh, people can wear and it, it, it'd probably be pretty simple and straightforward to make, uh, which actually didn't turn out to be that simple to make. It right. took me like over a month to figure out what worked and, uh, what didn't work. And man, I was, I was spending like three, four or five hours on one pair mm-hmm. and then I'd have to throw them out mm-hmm. because like it didn't work. So it, it, it was a long design process, but a lot of the lacing and everything that's all, that's all just, uh, inspired by like the, the Terry Meyer Indians in Mexico and, and uh, South America. It's still a work in progress. I'm, I'm always thinking about ways I can make them better, mm-hmm. but right now I think they're, they're in that, their final form. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, uh, yeah, I mean, I had to experiment with different types of leathers, different types of lacings and webbings and where can I put, where can I install, how can I make the sandal conductive? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's when I started getting, uh, getting myself some copper and some silver and started grounding these sandals. So, and so what actually, what, what actually makes them grounded? It's the, it's the leather and the sole, because the, looking at them, they seem fairly simple just to, if you were to hold a pair of sandals, I'd imagine they look pretty simple, but you're actually weaving together, so to speak, a bunch of different disciplines. You know, you have the, you have the, the, I guess it's some sort of rubberized sole. You've got mm-hmm. the, you've got the leather insole. Um, the, the footbed, you've got the, the copper conductive plate that goes through that holds in the, then that holds in the lacing, which you then have to stitch and you had to figure out the lacing. Like it's actually a pretty complicated little, little thing for how simple it looks. When I was first starting this, I was like, there's sandals, like how hard could this be? <laughs> right. Like this, this won't be shit. Like it'll be like, I'll be able to do this very easy. And man, was I in for it because it took forever. And it's still, I mean, right now I can pop a pair out about an hour and a half. Okay. About how long the pair takes without the silver that I use in them. They're still conductive because the, the copper that I install on the bottom, actually it's in, it's in contact with the leather, the leather hide that I use. Oh, okay. for so even with just that, they're already grounded there, but, uh, I wanted to do something 
something really kind of special with mine. So I was like, okay, let's put some silver in here. And so I had to learn how to sew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was uh, quite a long and, and horrible process learning how to sew. I had this little dainty thing that I ordered off Amazon that it took me like 20 minutes to get one pair of lacing, uh, lacing sewn. Mm-hmm. Um, but I learned how to sew and all that. And uh, I found a conductive silver webbing that I can start uh, sewing into this webbing. And so that's connected to that copper plate. So now you've got uh, a very conductive grounding sandal. So the idea is that, um, by the way, just real quick, when you were grounding the shoes that you were, you were ordering, how did you, how did you do that? Did you, you just installed a copper plate through the, through the toe or something like that? Or same method I use for the sandals. So um, I would, I would, pull out the, uh, the insole that's in the shoe, uh, put some copper in there, uh, nail it down. And then I would put the, the, in, the insole back over it. So you couldn't really feel it. Cause it was a little uncomfortable if you were just to, like mm-hmm. step directly onto it. So mm-hmm. did those work when you tried that out? You just, did you discover that it actually did the trick or was it unsatisfying in a way? Well, they, they work, but again, like this was somebody else's work in a way, mm-hmm. like these, somebody else made these shoes. Like I'm, I'm only kind of like, flipping them in a way. Mm-hmm. So I wanted something that was my own, something that was meaningful that I could give people, you know, and I, I give people a letter, a letter with every, every pair that they order that talks about the sandals and what they have in their hands exactly. Mm-hmm. And you know, the whole, how grounding works and all that. So each pair, each pair is super meaningful to me. Each pair is super unique because I use a, a full green leather. What that means is that all the scars, all the scratches are still on that leather. So that's what makes each pair, you know, besides the fact that they're handmade, each pair unique is that, you know, you can see the battles that this animal went through mm-hmm. and scratches all the scars. So something really cool to look for. Was that just, that was something you discovered when you went looking for leather, leather bits, like this was a style leather that's available because all these different things that you, that you do to make the sandal are things that I know nothing about. So it's so interesting to me because you, know, like, you had to learn look, a lot. Like looking back, uh, it, it was an extremely long process and I had to pull from like a lot of sources and, but right now it's just like, yeah, I just throw this stuff together, but that's not actually what happened. Like, uh, I, I import, I, well, I don't import, I get my leather from Texas it's a full grain leather. They have all cool kinds of designs and stuff, but I knew I wanted a full grain leather and not a top grain leather. Full grain is way more strong than top grain. I like the ruggedness of how they look. I'm very happy with where I'm at now in terms of the material I use. The sole is an actual soling material. So I use a, I use a sheet right now and then I hand cut every, every uh, sole out from the sheets. You draw it from a template though, or do you, you draw it by yep. hand? Okay. So I have a template for, for every size and all that. And yeah, it's a, it's a very, uh, meticulous process. Very, yeah. Uh, if, if you mess up, you're starting over. So another pair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When did you f- put your first pair of sandals up for sale? When did you feel like you had mastered it to the point that you could, okay, I can sell these to people. I sent a few out when I first started making them. One of them was Alexander uh, Cortez mm. in Thailand, and he really liked them. He gave me a pretty cool little shout out, and he's an awesome guy. He like he's one of those guys that are, we we really need in in today's society with the politics and all that. He 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 gives us the message we need, maybe not the message we want, but I I very much enjoy and respect. Uh, everything that he puts out he's a he's a really really cool guy so he liked him a lot and he gave me gave him a, a few shout outs and then it just it kind of just started to build 
from there. Maybe the hashtags and stuff. I've, I've kind of got two communities that were kind of brought on to me. The people that like, like sandals, they like the Roman style sandals, Greek style sandals, and then the people that were interested in grounding. So I've got all these kind of communities that are in my little audience right now. So that was how I heard about you from, from Ajax. And uh, I was surprised when I went looking into information to get ready for this interview to find that you had, you had only had the Instagram up since May. And so I, yeah, I was yeah. under the impression like, oh, he's been doing this for years. Like, oh my gosh, now this is all really new. And to hear that it's even a year old, even a year ago now, essentially you is when you first learned about it. That was a real surprise to me because like, oh, this guy has mastered grounding, you know, but yeah, I mean, I, I, well, I tell people all the time, I'm not an expert, I'm not an expert at anything. Like right. I'm still learning. I'm still learning this stuff. I, I just started this. I, the I, As soon as I learned about the podcast, well, grounding, mm. I mean, I always, I wanted to do something with it. I just didn't know what yet. And it wasn't, it didn't come to fruition until like April, like you said, when I first started this. And then it's, uh, it's, I've been fortunate enough that it's, it's grown pretty exponentially since then. I still have a, you know, a little, a little tiny follower. I think it's like 1400 now, mm -hmm. but still like from, from where I was a few months ago, like that's, that's monumental to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's 1400 people that know about grounding now. Yeah. So, and that's, that's the way to look at it. Oh, absolutely. And, and they're informed about it and you've made, you've made people, including me, you know, so I can speak personally to this, you've brought me on board the mission. I'm like I said, I'm, I'm bought in, like I get it now. And of course, everyone's walked around barefoot on the grass and, and felt that sort of sense of calm that comes from it. But I don't know that I ever would have been able to attribute it to anything more than, oh, it's just some sort of mental thing going on. Just, oh, it's just relaxing. But it's, there's like a lot more going on with that. It's too, it's too simple. Mm -hmm. It's too simple for people to really think, <laughs> right. wow, this could, be, this could be doing something for my body. Right. And yeah, I've said this before, it's, it's often these really simple, basic things that make the most difference and they usually get overlooked and grounding is for sure one of those things. I've heard it referred to as earthing. Is that the same? Is that the same thing? Yeah, same thing. Grounding, earthing. Uh, I don't really say earthing too much. It sounds like too hippie to me. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I, I like grounding. Well, you, you've, made it, you've made it something that I want to participate in. And I think that's the really exciting thing is you've taken this scientific knowledge uh, with what the process, how the process works, and you've blended it with spirituality in terms of personal development and, and, and excellence, but you've made it physical. It's not conceptual anymore. It's not like, oh, this is this cool thing, this cool practice that I do. I just go walking around. It's like, no, no, this is a thing that I can put on my feet that looks really nice and I can participate in the mission. And that's what I think mm -hmm. is really great about what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. Another one of the reasons I started the grounded athlete is because a lot of people were saying you should be barefoot on the earth because it's good for your health. Mm -hmm. But I was one of those people who was saying, why? <laughs> like, <laughs> can you, can you tell me why? And, uh, not a lot of people were, were doing that. So I was like, well, I'm going to start this and I'm going to tell people why it's good for you and how it's good for you. It's understandable, but unless you can explain to someone specifically how something works, then they're not going to be fully bought into it. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the reason I started it to bring the science, bring the science to it. Because you had experienced the benefits firsthand yourself as an elite level athlete. Right. You, I mean, you're really sensitive to the impact that, you know, various things are going to have on your body right down to the foods you eat and the amount of sleep you get. And you're, I mean, I'm sure there's dozens of different things. A lot of, a lot of things, a lot of things I do to make training go better and to make myself just a better overall performing athlete in person and grounding still nothing, nothing comes close to it. Mm -hmm. It's daily staple in my routine. That's actually saying a lot for an elite level sponsored sprinter 
to say that grounding makes the biggest difference in your in your training regime. If I'm not mistaken, I believe they do this at the national level with triathletes. So over these uh, several days, I believe whoever's working with these athletes, they they actually ground them in between those days mm. of, of performing because their their body isn't going to break down as much when they're grounded. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're able to just keep keep kind of pushing and keep going. They've uh, had some really cool things happen, especially with like injuries and stuff. When, when they're grounded, these injuries, they just heal like just exponentially fast. It's, it's crazy. But I know this is being done on some national level sports. Uh, I'm not too, I know triathlon for sure, but I know some people are starting to implement this in, in their athletes. So the, so the mission is spreading word is starting to get out of your secret weapon. Right. It's, 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 it was always spreading um, before I started this. But it's still, it's, it wasn't something that people were talking about. And I wanted to make it something that people were talking about. Let, let me see if I understand correctly the principles involved. So the idea is that uh, our bodies build up during the course of everyday life, just in terms of living, from being exposed to alternating current fields and perhaps also Wi-Fi in the air and 5G fields and you know cell phones and all this stuff. We've built up a sort of uh, positive electric charge on, in our bodies. Mm-hmm. And by, uh, by being separated from the earth, that positive electric charge has nowhere to go. So it stores up in our body and creates ill health effects. And by grounding and connecting to physically to the earth, that positive charge discharges into the earth. Is that correct? You've got it Sweet. on the point, on the nail, nail on the point there. That's, that's a pretty good way to put it. You nailed the basic general concept there. It's pretty well established, even though not well known that the earth has negative surface charge to it. Mm -hmm. That's kind of, that's what we need to stay connected to and what we've been disconnected from Mm -hmm. in the last hundred years. Um, A lot's happened in the last hundred years. If you've been paying attention to in terms of health deterioration. Yeah. yeah, I'm not saying, I'm not saying grounding. It's just like the the one all cure all. And it's the reason all these things are happening, but it's, it's definitely overlooked. And I think it, it plays a, a crucial, a crucial role in bringing us back into a healthy way of living. Now, what counts as the ground? So as I'm looking around, I live on the fourth floor of an apartment building, so I'm definitely disconnected from the ground. So <laughs> is the ground, like if I go to a public park, does, the, does that ground literally have to go all the way down to the center of the earth? Is it connecting on any sort of, any sort of dirt patch? Like, like what, what actually counts? So you want soil or grass or like a concrete or some kind of conductive material that these electrons can travel through. Mm-hmm. That's what makes that's what makes uh, something a, a, a grounded a grounded surface. It basically comes comes down to the conductiveness of whatever you're in contact with. Mm-hmm. So you on the fourth floor of your apartment building, you're not grounded. Yeah, no, <laughs> but no. If you're if you're out in the park barefoot on some concrete, some grass, soil. You're, you're swimming in a lake or or a river or in the ocean. You're grounded there. It just it comes down to the mineral content and the conductivity of whatever you're you're standing on. Okay, so it's it's being in even being on the physical ground, even on like concrete would work, which is why the sandals also do have a grounding effect, even if you're not necessarily in a field. The the sandals are more for like those hard surfaces like that. Okay. Um, so I've I've talked about shoes a lot, mm-hmm. and it's. Um, I'm kind of at a love hate relationship with them because they've got so much going on underneath them. And it seems like every year you kind of just outsole the bottom of the shoe. It just kind of keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And in the meantime, our feet just keep getting weaker and weaker and weaker. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, 
you look at you look all around you and you see all these flat hard surfaces which in nature aren't very natural like it's not meant to we're not meant to be walking and active on surfaces like this so yeah uh shoes like this you have to wear them when it on these surfaces just because like we're not meant to be on surfaces like if i were to train barefoot like on the track that i train at which is hard as concrete injuries would be happening left and right so they are necessary but it just it it comes down to to do two very unnatural things um you know the hard surfaces and then yeah the the bottom of the shoes they're just it's it's kind of like a band-aid that's our treatment every year for for all the foot problems that are going on we just add add more and more to the shoe and hopefully that'll fix this when a lot of it a lot of it comes down to to weak feet too mm-hmm. a big thing that i found in my own my own training and stuff is that when i started addressing my feet everything else just kind of corrected itself you know the knees the hips and it's a very very neglected part of mm-hmm. the body the feet the foot and ankle mm-hmm. so i think when you when you address problems in mobility and strength here everything else just kind of falls into place so foot strength is very important i definitely have a love-hate relationship with shoes um, i realize that you do need them with the hard services that we train on that we're in contact with but at the same time our feet are getting weaker because of it so i haven't uh, figured out how we're gonna go about this if our feet are just going to keep getting weaker and weaker and if there's nothing we can do but i say i say fix the feet a lot mm-hmm. because i think i think the feet are very important i'm trying to get people to prioritize their foot health because i think a lot of what they have going on in their bodies and a lot most people have back back pain and neck pain and stuff like that but i think once they they start addressing that first point of contact with the ground which is their feet and their ankle mm-hmm. then a lot of these problems will dissipate mm-hmm. so i'm really curious to know more about this and how it connects with grounding because i was talking to the howling void a couple of weeks ago and he mentioned this phrase uh, shoe pilled uh, this idea mm-hmm. that once you learn what's going on with your shoes and your feet and the way that affects the entire musculoskeletal being and and your posture and everything that's a real transformative moment of realization and certainly learning about grounding once i started reviewing your materials was that for me but it seems like there's also more going on with these sandals than just than just the electrical conductive capacity to to wear these sandals they're flat Mm -hmm. so you have to have the foot strength to wear them i tell people if if you you probably shouldn't be wearing them every day if you're if you all you've been wearing your entire life are these really over cushioned shoes because it's kind of going to be like a slap in the face to uh, your feet mm-hmm. and your body. And so, you know, you start off slow, but the, the shoe industry is, I mean, they look good. They look good. They look, they look nice and everything, but they've really destroyed our foot health. Mm. You know, uh, they've, the, the narrow, the narrow toe, toe box, heel lifts and all that, they've really destroyed um, the biomechanical integrity of our foot and our ankle and thus ultimately our whole body. Mm. I don't want to, you know, blame anybody here, but the shoe industry really needs to be held responsible mm-hmm. for a lot of what they've done to um, our health in terms, especially in terms of strength and mobility down there. So, which affects everything else. 
So, so tell me some more about what's going on. I mean, I've, I've seen some photos of native people's feet that tend to be wider with a, with a, the, the pinky toe being a little further out more in line with the big toe. I've seen photos like that. And now we have our Western feet, which are, you know, have been compressed in these narrow, in these narrow kind of shoes that tends to be more, I guess, oval shaped. I mean, I don't, but, but beyond that, that image that I have in my mind, I don't know too much about it, but I'm, now I'm really curious. I'm not a I'm not a foot expert, I'm not a podiatrist sure, or anything, but um, it's it's impossible to have a natural gait with these things on your feet. It's impossible to walk the way your body wants to walk when you have these things on your feet. Mm. That's the whole stance I take on that. You're gonna develop some, some serious bunions and uh, you know things like that over over chronic use of shoes like that that have very narrow toe boxes. But I look at it from more of a a gait, a gait perspective mm -hmm. and a strength perspective. Mm -hmm. And so both of those are really, really deteriorate when you've got these huge cloggers and bricks on your feet. So. Mm -hmm. so we're walking unnaturally, I guess, with to have, because I recognize that, you know, with the advent of the, of Nike airs and perhaps also Converse tends to be a little thinner soles. Like those were the first probably purely athletic shoes. But now it just seems like you buy a, a pair of athletic shoes, whether it be Nike or whatever brand, and it seems like they just get more and more cushiony. And I like lifting weights, and I've discovered that you know doing something like a squat with a really cushiony shoe is a pretty terrible idea because it creates that that instability, right? But then, yes. I, but then I go to take the, my shoes off and I try and squat without shoes, and I'm like, okay, this is really strange. But but it feels good, it feels natural, like you have a more solid base, right? Yes, without the cushion, but it also feels very unfamiliar, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, we've gotten to the point where it is unfamiliar, but I mean. People, people have been wearing these their whole lives, and as soon as they step out of them, injuries start happening. You know, mm -hmm. fractures start happening because the the strength has just deteriorated so much, the mobility has deteriorated so much that um, you're not able to do what you're naturally meant to do, which is uh, be barefoot most of the day. Mm -hmm. So, is that what you do now? Is that is that you spend most of your day? Well, maybe not in winter. You spend a lot of time barefoot, but maybe you do. I don't know. When I'm training, when I'm when I'm in uh, like training facilities on a lot. I use uh, uh, more cushioned shoes mm -hmm. just because I have to. So because this is a very unnatural surface, naturally, I have to compensate mm -hmm. for that. Sure, of course. For that. I have to wear this kind of like certain types of footwear. But outside of that, uh, very minimalist footwear, um, flat footwear, especially in the summer, I'm barefoot like 90, 95% of the day. Mm -hmm. Like I'm at the point where I, I notice, I notice if I'm, if I'm insulated for too long because it just, I feel like I've got this stress, this inflammation that's just building up inside of me. Um, and then as soon as I, as soon as I step outside, it just, it's like, well, it's literally, it's a fresh, it's a breath of fresh air, but I've, I've gotten to the point where I'm doing, I've been doing it for so long that I notice, I notice when I need to be grounded. I'm, I'm imagining a degree of sensitivity where you're walking around the way that probably almost everybody listening to this spends most of their day walking around, which is wearing insulated shoes and ungrounded. And we just walk around basically our whole lives kind of taking that for granted, like, oh, that's just the way it is. But, yeah. but now you've discovered for yourself the benefits of walking around barefoot, the strength in the foot and the, and the posture and the, and the gait benefits and of being connected to the earth. And you're sensitive enough within yourself to notice what a big difference that makes for you in your daily life. Exactly. Yeah. Um, not only are not only are you tackling the the whole foot strength and foot mobility aspect of this by just being barefoot more often, um, 
you're grounded too. Mm-hmm. So double, double whammy there, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. big, big effects, benefits of doing that. So what are some of the, what are some of the benefits for you? So you, I mean, because you're, you have a higher, um, I guess, com- I guess compared to the, the way most people's bodies perform and the way that most people need them is, is that you're running around literally in, a, in like a, the physical equivalent of a Ferrari. Like it makes a big difference. Well, I mean, as an elite level sprinter, like that's kind of, you know, versus the, the everyday, like a pickup truck or something like that. I mean, you're really sensitive. Right. Your body's really sensitive naturally to the inputs that you put into it. So as, as you've, you know, begun living this way over the past six or nine months, like what are some of the most obvious benefits for you just in terms of your daily life, not to mention your training? A big thing for me prior to finding out about all the grounding, I was, I was one of those athletes that was injured all the time. Mm-hmm. I was injured all the time. And part, a big part of that was that I just pushed myself too hard. That's a mentality that, that a lot of elite performers have, uh, not just elite performers, a lot of people in general, they have this mentality that more is better. And in the world of athletics, that's really not the case. We tend to think that the harder I work, the more that I do, the better I'm going to perform, um, the more the more fruits I'm going to see of this labor, mm-hmm. and that's something that I had to really, really stay away from. And so I adopted this mentality that less is more. Mm-hmm. And, and so you're right. Yeah, I am. I'm very sensitive to what what affects my body in a in a positive way when it comes to training and performing my best. And when I started grounding. I, the injuries and the, the little aches, the little pains, they just started going away. And I wasn't doing anything different at the time in terms of nutrition or anything or sleep or recovery. Like everything was still the same, but I was just adding like this 30 minutes to an hour of grounding a day. And it was like, I could just do more. I could train consecutive days um, at a time, which I wasn't able to do before. So I just had a greater capacity to do things. Mm-hmm. when I was more consistently grounded. When did you first realize that? Did you take a scientific approach to it? Like when you would discover a new modality, would you like, okay, I'll do this for two weeks and keep my diet consistent? Or did you just kind of experiment with things? And when did you realize that, oh, wow, this grounding actually is what's making the difference for me? So yeah, I mean, I wanted to wait a few months. I wanted to yeah. wait about two or three months and see, you know, and then fully assess like, okay, how's, how's my body responding to this? And usually, I mean, after two or three months, I would have like this little niggle or a little pain or something like in my foot or like my, my hamstrings or something like that. None of that was happening. Like everything else still stayed the same. The only, the only variable I changed here, uh, was, was the grounding, the grounding in there. And that was last season. And that was, that was the best indoor season I've had thus far. And the biggest thing I implemented there was the grounding, the grounding. Yeah. So everybody's, everybody's different in how it's going to affect them too. Cause everybody, everybody's different health levels, you know, mm-hmm. where, where are you at in terms of health? So the biggest thing for me was recovery. It was, it was really kind of accelerating my recovery times and I was just able to do more. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's a lot of benefits with grounding mm-hmm. and the recovery is just a very, that's a very small part of that. Well, let's, let's talk about some of those benefits. I wrote a whole bunch of them down. You know, you've got the cardiovascular system benefits because I was watching your videos and I was like, okay, it seems like he's listing more benefits than I expected. So I started making notes. And so you've got the cardiovascular system, you've got the changes in the electrical potential on your red blood cells, you've got your yeah. ureic benefits, uh, DOM soreness, reduced inflammation response, vagal tone, which was really cool. I definitely want to get into that. 
And then you talked in, you talk also about grounding infants and children as well and what a benefit it has for them. I was shocked to see all these benefits. I had no idea it was it was that that rich and complex a field. Grounding has a very profound effect on your autonomic nervous system mm -hmm. and on your cardiovascular system. I think it's a very, very useful tool to keep your cardiovascular system in check. And a big part of that is uh, I guess we can go into the first benefit here yeah. versus many is the the zeta potential of your red blood cells. Mm. So uh, these erythrocytes, these red blood cells, a lot of people know this, they have this, this electrical charge around uh, each red blood cell. Basically, the greater this negative charge, the more of a repelling effect it has on the other red blood cells. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people, they walk around in this hypercoagulated state, this very thick, uh, high viscosity blood, um, hypercoagulated blood. Mm -hmm. So it's been shown, uh, we, can, we can see now that when you step barefoot on the earth, this this charge, this zeta potential, it's what they call it. It's produced by a, a special protein in your red blood cells. It's called a sclaglycoprotein. It produces this net negative charge in each red blood cell. And when you stand barefoot, these negatively charged free electrons come into your body and they they boost that that negative charge to each red blood cell. So this has a, a blood thinning, um, anticoagulative effect. And so that this means your heart doesn't have to work as hard to get it through your circulatory system. So really 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 cool effect mm -hmm. um because uh, a lot of a lot of cardiologists would say um that that thick the thick blood really really a problem when it comes to high blood pressure hypertension mm -hmm. and in, in terms of your your likelihood to develop cardiac pathologies because cardiovascular disease is the number one killer here in the u.s we have something that can help with this then why not why not implement it? Mm -hmm. And this is one of those things where it has a very, very profound effect on your cardiovascular system. So I think it's super, super important to implement and for clinicians to start recommending mm -hmm. um, to people that are having these cardiovascular issues. So, Hi, everyone. I hope you're enjoying this conversation with Rob of The Grounded Athlete. Just a quick heads up about some exciting news. My guest next week is the world-famous sculptor Sabin Howard. His works are owned by museums and private collectors all over the world, and they've been favorably reviewed by the New York Times, the Washington Post, as well as many international journals. He was also selected to be the sculptor for a 58-foot bronze World War I memorial in Washington, D.C., so don't forget to subscribe because you don't want to miss that conversation. Also, my website for the Renaissance of Men is almost complete. I'm very excited and it's been months of work, but when it launches, you'll have the opportunity to learn more about this project and what it's all about. So please follow me on social media. You can start on Instagram at Ren of Men. That's R-E-N-O-F-M-E-N, -E like Renaissance of Men, but shorter, Ren of Men. Or you can find me on Twitter at Will underscore Ren of Men to find out when both these big launches go live. Thanks so much. And now let's get back to the conversation with Rob of The Grounded Athlete. Just to note something, this Zeta potential, like this isn't bro science. This is actual science science. Like you've got the papers and the people doing, well, I mean, it'd be easy to say like, oh, you know, what red blood cells, like for, to come up with this bro science kind of explanation. Oh, well, if, you know, red blood cells have this negative charge. It makes sense to, you know, be connected to that, et cetera. It's like, no, no, this has actually been studied that this, this is actual phenomenon of actual red blood cells has been documented in, in published papers and, and to facilitate that, that surface charge, that's a real thing. 
Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's really cool to look at when you look. So uh, these red blood cells are they're they're looked at under a dark field microscope, mm-hmm. so you can see you can see much more easily uh, how coagulated your red blood cells are. And then so they have before and after, and you look at the before, they're all kind of clumped together, uh, they're very aggregated, mm-hmm. and then after they're all kind of they're just more st- dispersed mm-hmm. so they're so this, they're less coagulated and it's it's real like it's a real thing you could see it this is this is measurable mm-hmm. and uh when i tell a lot of people about grounding they're like wow you know i didn't know it had this much of a, a measurable visible apparent effect mm-hmm. on your body maybe not apparent in terms of the red blood cells but you can see this manifest uh physically when you look at people when when they're grounded because mm-hmm. uh when you're grounded you're you're basically getting better blood flow mm-hmm. throughout your body. And so a lot of people get kind of like rosy or, or pink in their face when they're grounded because their blood flow is just getting so much better. That's incredible. And, and just the notion that our blood cells have an electrical charge to them. Yeah. You know, that was another that was another thing that I took away from from your videos and from your research. Just what an exquisite machine the human body is that I, that doctors have an appre- have a unique appreciation, I suppose, medical researchers as well, but that we're kind of separated from just in our day-to-day lives, not really appreciating this fantastic thing that we're driving around all the time, you know? Your body is just as much electrical as it is chemical. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all mm-hmm. the, what it comes down to is the movement of electrons. So all these, all these chemical reactions that are happening in your body constantly it's just it's it's electrons moving around electrons moving around donating accepting hydrogen or um, electrons so a lot of it is just we're we're a conductive thing in this universe here mm-hmm. we're, we're made of mostly water and minerals so that means we can conduct electricity very well all of your cells they use they use these these charge elements these charge these ionic charge elements to literally let things in and out of their their membrane mm-hmm. so all of your all of your cells have a very specific frequency to them, that, and how, that's how they communicate with other cells. It's how your brain sends signals to throughout your entire body. Um, yeah, it's it's really really cool stuff, and I like to think of people as, as electrical circuits. And we're when we're grounded, we be, we become like this extension of the the Earth's massive electrical circuit. As you got into grounding, and you dis- you discovered it a year ago from from that podcast, and you started experimenting with it. What happened when you started looking into this information? Because it, it doesn't sound like you did a whole six months worth of research and then you determined that grounding was cool. It's like you went through the process of working with it yourself. Like, let me see if this has positive benefits for me. And you discovered that it has positive benefits. And then you went on the journey of understanding why. So what was it like getting your own eyes open to this information? So when I when I started reading into it and I started seeing like the, the, the visible, the measurable, uh, parameters here in your body being affected by just being barefoot on the earth or grounded it was monumental and it was something that i just i asked myself i was like how do how do people not know about this why isn't this more well known especially with how how profoundly it affects your body like i feel like everybody should know about this if it's doing if it's doing these kinds of things in your body mm-hmm. it's benefiting you in this way so part of it was i was interested because of you know, me, I wanted to see how it benefited me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then part of it was just like, this could help everybody. Mm-hmm. Like why, why, I don't know. It was, it was, it was saddening. I didn't, I didn't like that people weren't knowledgeable about this kind of thing and that more people weren't trying to get the message out on it. So mm-hmm. again, that's why, that's why I started the grounded athletes to, to tell people about this. So 
And that is one of the signs that you really, at least in myself, that I've stumbled on something meaningful is when I, when I learn it and I take it in and I feel excited to have discovered it. And then I, I feel a sense of sadness also. It's like, why do we not know this? You know, that's mm-hmm. a real marker of kind of like a so-called red pill moment where it's like you feel that joy <laughs> of discovery and this also deep sadness. Like, this is the most obvious thing in the world. Why was I not taught this? Why has nobody taught this information? That's always a sign for me that I've discovered something true in a way. And yeah, and a lot of it we have to take into our own hands too. Mm-hmm. You know, um, your health is your responsibility. Mm-hmm. And so you have to you have to put in the work too to to figure out what you need to do to optimize your health. That's ultimately how I found out about grounding. I mean, I just, I wanted, I was, I, I was curious in ways that in finding methodologies that would improve my own body and mm-hmm. my training and all that, and, uh, my overall well-being, And that's how I found about grounding was kind of doing my own research and involving myself in this whole process and not relying on other people to tell me what's, what's good for me. You know, you've got to do your own research. That's an extremely important part mm-hmm. of finding what, what, is best for your body. Mm-hmm. I want to get into some more of the health benefits as well, because they get even more profound than the zeta potential of the red blood cells in the cardiovascular system. But just for anyone listening at this stage that wants to go ground themselves, what do they need to do right now? You need to take off your shoes or wear sandals uh, <laughs> and go outside and just be in direct contact with the earth. It is literally that simple and it's that easy. A lot of people can't wrap their heads around this. Mm-hmm. Like, is just no way I'm going to go outside and stand barefoot and it's really going to have any kind of effect on my body. And then I start telling them about, you know, all these things it can do for you. And they're just like, Oh, wow. Let me take my shoes off and go outside quick. (laughs) And then, uh, I don't know. I I would stand outside barefoot a lot and a lot of people would walk by and they would, they would ask me about it. And this was like when I was winter stuff, Mm -hmm. like I was outside barefoot and they're they're just like, yeah, you're crazy. Like the groundings, the ground's not going to do anything for you. Like you being barefoot is not going to do anything for you, but I'm not crazy. I know this is, this is something very special here and it has extreme, extreme potential to help people that are in pain and are going through all kinds of diseases. I know that this is something that can change the world. I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. And when I, that was my eyes opening moment to discover that through the material that you had put out, like, oh no, this is, this is real. This isn't just a casual thing. I didn't think it was casual, but to really discover the depths of it. And so maybe now's a good time to go in some more of those health benefits. By the way, if you're listening to this, now's a good time. You can put the recording on pause and you can go out outside and stand barefoot on the ground <laughs> or put some headphones in and you can try this for yourself. A grounding break. Exactly. That's perfect. Let's all take a grounding break together. Yes. So, uh, again, so grounding has a very, very profound effect on your autonomic nervous system. Mm-hmm. So your autonomic nervous system, it's made up of your, your sympathetic nervous system and your parasympathetic nervous system. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people are going to be walking around in an overactive sympathetic state, mm-hmm. a very, very fight or flight mm-hmm. stressful state. What grounding has been shown to do is improve your heart rate variability, which is a good reflector of how active your parasympathetic nervous system does. Or is so what your parasympathetic nervous system does. So, if you experience a stress of some sort, um, you spill coffee on yourself, something like that, mm-hmm. um, something that makes you jump, your sympathetic nervous system is going to go into overdrive. It's going to increase your heart rate, your breathing rate. It's going to decrease your heart rate variability. And so, what your parasympathetic nervous system does is it basically brings you back down into that homeostatic state. It decreases your heart rate, increases your heart rate variability. It's going to bring you back down into more of a relaxed calm state. Mm -hmm. Grounding has been shown to improve 
your heart rate variability, um, again, which is a very, very good reflector of how healthy your autonomic nervous system is. It lets us know that your sympathetic nervous system isn't overly active, that there's a good balance in between uh, these two components of your autonomic nervous system. Not only that, your vagal tone, which is the, the most recent thing I got into, mm-hmm. vagal tone is an extremely good reflector of how, how active your parasympathetic nervous system is, how balanced your autonomic nervous system is. The, the most recent thing I talked about was the, the heart rate variability in these, in these kids, mm-hmm. preterm infants, when they're, when they're in incubators, they're surrounded by all this heavy duty equipment and all of these uh, electrical appliances in, in your home and in, in everybody's home, they, uh, they give off these electromagnetic fields mm-hmm. that literally induce a charge on the surface of your skin. Mm-hmm. What this study showed was that the greater that surface charge on the, on the surface of your skin, the lower your vagal tone will be. And so mm-hmm. with the low vagal tone, it means you're not able to, your body isn't able to cope with stress as well. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to be constantly in this fight or flight response mm-hmm. isn't good. Sure, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, this, this charge that, that, um, these, these electrical appliances, the wiring and all that, it induces on your skin surface. Um, and a big thing that they found is that what that recent study was that the lower we can get this skin voltage, this, uh, on your, on your skin surface, you know, the, the greater your vagal tone mm-hmm. is going to be and vagal tone is again, it's just, it's, it's a marker of how well you can cope with stress. Mm-hmm. And that's a big thing this, these days because everybody is, everybody is stressed. Right. Everybody's walking around overstressed and this has very, very deteriorating health effects. Mm-hmm. If I were to describe what grounding does to you is, is that in a very non-complex way is that it, it calms you. Mm-hmm. It brings you back to a balanced homeostatic state. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of what these benefits that I've given you embody is kind of a calmness, a return to normalization. Mm-hmm. We've kind of touched briefly on what grounding is. You, you gave a pretty good description of what grounding is. Mm-hmm. Our health system has seen a transition in the last 60 or so years where we've transitioned from acute, infectious, traumatic care, which is amazing. The medical system is amazing for that, kinds of, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But we've, we've transitioned into more of a chronic metabolic disease plague here. Mm-hmm. I like this thing right there. And the medical system isn't very good at, at taking care of chronic, chronic disease, chronic metabolic disease, mm-hmm. which, I mean, it's, that's, it's no one's fault, but right. you know, ours. I think medicine is absolutely amazing and a blessing when it comes to that acute traumatic care. But it's, it's really, really awful when it comes to chronic chronic care right when we we break a lot of these metabolic diseases down uh, they're inflammatory mm-hmm. in nature let's name some of the metabolic diseases by the way just so people know what we're talking about this would be uh considered cancer diabetes cardiovascular related problems neurodegenerative problems immunodepressive problems these are these are very broad categories but mm-hmm. when i give you those categories it, it just you get a pretty good understanding of how vast these disorders branch out to so when you, when you break a lot of these diseases down, it, it comes down to inflammation. And so you have inflammation in your body and you have oxidative stress, which are not the same, but they very much key off of each other in the body. So when, where you find inflammation in the body, you probably find oxidative stress. Mm-hmm. Where you find oxidative stress, you'll find inflammation. Your body releases these, these things called free radicals in the body, which you've you probably heard of. The, the technical term for it is uh, 
reactive oxygen species, uh, reactive species, your body makes uh, like reactive nitrogen, reactive chlorine, reactive oxygen species, but these reactive oxygen species particularly can be very damaging when they build up in your body. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a normal part of your immune system. We need them, but the problem becomes when they build up in your body. Mm-hmm. And so what a reactive oxygen species is, are these, these oxygen molecules that basically their, their molecular orbit, their electrons aren't paired. And so electrons like to be in pairs. Mm-hmm. And so what they do is they go around your body and they basically steal these electrons from other molecules. Mm-hmm. And what this does is it, it makes that molecule unstable. And so you can kind of see a chain reaction happening here. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. this buildup of a free radical reactive oxygen species in the body can lead to oxidative stress. Oxidative stress is linked to many, many, many diseases. Mm-hmm. And so what I like to think is that if we can solve, if we can solve inflammation, if we can solve oxidative stress, then we're, we're sitting pretty good in terms, of, in terms of treating disease. What it came down to when I talk about the, the reactive oxygen species was that electron deficiency in those free radicals. And so this buildup of reactive oxygen species in your body, these uh, electron deficient molecules well what happens when you're grounded Mm -hmm. these electrons are coming into your body they're neutralizing these free radicals the antioxidant therapy is it's kind of blurry right now in terms of man-made intervention inflammation and oxidative stress they follow very very complex pathways Mm -hmm. in the body so when you give someone antioxidants when we we supplement with them they kind of just go after everything and your body your body needs some of them and so uh, a lot of times when you see antioxidant like uh, treatments and stuff, your, your, your chances of getting like cancer increase. Mm-hmm. And so my thing with grounding is that, you know, we've evolved with this electron supplier whole throughout our entire evolution. And I think these electrons know naturally where to go mm-hmm. in your body. So yeah, you, you've got these, these buildup of a free radical reactive oxygen species in the body. Um, and you, and you've probably heard of antioxidants, right? Of course. That's why they tell you, yeah. They, they tell you to eat like blueberries and pomegranates because of the, the, the high antioxidant, your body produces antioxidants to, to combat these free radicals. But a lot of the times it's, it just becomes overwhelmed with mm-hmm. all these radicals in your body. And so when it becomes overwhelmed, um, not enough antioxidants to combat these, these, uh, free radicals, you end up with oxidative stress in the body. More oxidative stress. More oxidative stress. Yep. And this contributes to a lot of the inflammation in your body, a lot of disease. I like to think of the earth as an antioxidant because what an antioxidant does is it donates those electrons without actually becoming unstable itself. That's what an antioxidant does. Mm-hmm. In the earth, you've got these all these free electrons going into your body and they're donating these electrons to these free radicals. And mm-hmm. They're neutralizing them. Really, really cool effect. What I like is that we can get really deep down into the nitty gritty, you know, of zeta potential individual charge of red blood cells all the way up to the the perceived benefit of, of calmness and, and enhanced performance. In the middle of that, in between those two spectrums of, I guess, uh, you know, effects on the body and the being, we've touched on a lot of different benefits all wrapped up in there. So let me see if, I, if I've been following. So one is that you have the, the nervous system, the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous system. So we have the zeta potential, the red blood cells, the negative, that's one benefit. Then the next benefit that you articulated was in terms of heart rate. So how does it affect the heart rate variability? Just real quick on that. Uh, the study that I looked at, heart rate variability, variability doubled in the, the, the subjects that were grounded. When you're, when you're stressed, when your sympathetic nervous system is kind of an overdrive here, there's going to be less variability in between each one of your, your, your heartbeats because your, 
your heart rate's going to speed up. Okay. But when you're calm or in a state of rest, there's going to be more variability because your your heart's slowing down. There's going to be more variability between one each one of those heartbeats. Mm-hmm. Um, most people think that there's a just like a constant, you know, a time frame in between each heartbeat, but that's right. not the case. You want this variability in between each heartbeat, and that tells us that your body is in a calm state. Mm-hmm. Um, your parasympathetic nervous system is doing its its job. The study based they looked at uh, the high frequencies, the high frequencies component of heart rate variability, which is a uh, associated with the parasympathetic nervous system response. When these subjects were grounded, their heart rate variability doubled. I think that what grounding does, it basically puts your parasympathetic nervous system into overdrive that goes beyond just like normal relaxation by by doubling that heart rate variability. Another benefit here I don't know. Did you still want to talk about the heart rate variability? Well, I wanted to, because we, we talked about a bunch of different benefits all wrapped up together. So the, there was the the blood that we talked about, the blood viscosity. And so what the grounding also does is it, it enhances the parasympathetic nervous system's ability to handle our conscious stress. So that's, that's another one. And then you talked about the vagal tone, which is the, which is the mind-body connection as you articulated it, the ability of, the, of another part of the body to handle the amount of stress that we're carrying around every day. So if we have a high vagal tone, we're able to manage more of our stress along with yes. the heart rate. So that's the third benefit of grounding. And then the fourth benefit of grounding is its impact on, on free radicals in the body and oxidative stress in terms of the, the body's ability to absorb electrons to sort of, uh, I guess, deoxidize some of these, these free oxygen molecules floating around. So these are four really intensely complicated, but very powerful benefits that I just wanted to make sure to pull apart so everyone could actually see them. Because this is what I went through last night in reading and watching your materials was understanding that it's more than just any one of these, that just the simple presence of being connected to the Earth's electrical charge impacts the body in at least measurable, real, and documented ways that improve overall health. So I just wanted to pull them apart so people could actually see that who are listening, who you know maybe aren't familiar with autonomic nervous system and vagal tone. And so we can actually like put a pin on each one of them independently. Okay. Um, so yeah, we touched on, we touched on heart rate variability, vagal uh, tone, um, zeta potential, reactive oxygen species. Um, another one is uh, blood urea. Blood urea is, it's a byproduct of amino acid catabolism. So protein proteins breaking down in your body. And that this is a big one for athletes. This is the one that I, I found very meaningful in, in the studies that they do with, um, athletes with exercise is that blood urea decreased in athletes that were grounded while they were exercising. What that means is that their body isn't breaking down these proteins in their body as much. What we could derive from that, is that your body isn't breaking down as much. Mm-hmm. And so when you're training, when you're exercising, your body isn't breaking down as much. You're able to go longer and you're able to go harder mm-hmm. and you don't need as much recovery. Part of that ties back into like the less recovery time and not feeling, you know, as roughed up after your, after your workouts, less, less white blood cell counts, um, are also, were also observed in these subjects who were grounded during their exercise, which means there's less inflammation going on in the muscles at the muscular level. That's, that's a big thing for all the athletes out there, all the people who are, well, everybody, anybody who's, who's uh, exercising and weightlifting and training, it, it kind of mutes the inflammatory response when you're training. And I think that was a, a big reason I, I have been able to work longer, work harder, work more days consecutively. The grounding is, it's not letting my, my body break down. 
as much. And that's a, that's a good thing. That's a, because, yeah. because it, the inflammatory responses also can be considered a positive thing of the body kind of rebuilding itself, you know, as, it, as it goes through a stressful situation. My, my take on this is that the whole DOMS, you know, like DOMS, the way yeah, DOMS yeah. Like furnace and all that. I think when we train in a, in a grounded state, we draw this out way longer than it needs to be by being insulated when we're training. In your training, your blood urea is going to be higher. You're going to have a, a greater uh, white blood cell response, a greater inflammatory response to the training, which I don't think is how we're meant to be active and how we're supposed to be training. Mm -hmm. I think we're meant to be grounded when we're training. So I don't think in this aspect that the lessened inflammatory response is a bad thing because mm -hmm. I, I think inflammatory response is good. Your body, your body needs to, mm -hmm. uh, your body needs this. But in terms of this, I think this is the natural way you're meant to be training. You're not supposed to have as much inflammation. Weightlifting, when you're running and all that, you're not meant to be as sore, as sore that, you know, we usually, we usually are after a really hard workout. And a big thing, a big part of that is being insulated when we're working out. This is kind of the a fifth benefit is the, is the urea of the, of the more, uh, the more byproducts not being, being created by the body because of the inflammation. Right. Your body isn't breaking down the, the amino acids, proteins in your body as much. So mm -hmm. less catabolism. So, so I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second because we haven't even actually even gotten to the foot health with the narrow toe box, I think you called it, you know, and what's, in, what's involved in terms of gait and posture. So the, so the standing barefoot on the earth you know, can have other benefits in terms of strengthening the feet and the overall chain. We haven't even gotten to that yet. So we're still talking about the, the electrical charge of the body, but I'm still going to play devil's advocate. It's like, how can something so simple be so impactful? When you look at improving health, it's usually the simple things, you know, just eating right, you know, being active. It's not all the, the fancy supplements you take. Those can help. But it, what it really comes down to are the basic simple things, sleep, sunlight, food you're putting in your body. And grounding is just another one of those simple things. And most of the time we're just, we overlook the really simple things and we want to go straight to the, all the extra, like the fancy stuff, the, the fancy recovery modalities, um, the fancy diet fads, you know, we want to kind of skip our, our basic foundation here. And grounding is just, it's, it's a natural part of that foundation. But yeah, I think the, the really simple things are, are what, what gets overlooked here. So it's really fundamental to be to be physically connected to the earth because that's how we spent basically all of our evolution, all of our existences as in our DNA, essentially for the past hundreds of thousands of years was being full-time connected to the earth. And it's just the past hundred years that we've built these, you know, really hard surfaces to produce our economy. And then we put insulated shoes to make us more comfortable on these hard surfaces that we made. It's a big series of just putting band-aids on things. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of what we do today it's not really getting to the root, the root, the problem here. So we're really good at identifying the chemical, physiological aspects of, of health, but it just, we've ignored kind of the electrical component of it. And that's where grounding comes in. I think this is something that just never should have been ignored. And there's a lot of potential in it. And I, I really want people to start being more considerate of it when it comes to taking care of their own health. So. I don't know how much you've looked into water as well, but I guess I kind of got water pilled earlier this year when I bought a, a Berkey water filter, a gravity driven carbon filter. Okay. And I didn't expect, and like to your point about it being the simple things, I didn't expect the drinking uh, filtered water to be have such a huge benefit. 
But within a couple of weeks of drinking exclusively water that had been filtered through this system, it's really just these two giant carbon filters and you fill it up and it takes a couple hours to, you know, filter out medicines and heavy metals and, and pesticides, all the stuff that's in a municipal water supply. And you can check on what's in the water. After literally after two weeks of doing that, I felt a thousand percent better. I was shocked to find out how, and I, and the only thing that I had really changed was, was the quality of water. It was, it was night and day. And the Bro. same thing happened with my best friend. He started drinking filtered water as well just a couple months ago. And he said the exact same thing. We weren't even talking about it. He's like, bro, I got a water filter. I started drinking all this filtered water and I feel amazing. I'm like, you too? The same happened for me. It's like the little things make a huge difference. Literal, yep. Little tiny simple things like that can make a huge difference. It's mm -hmm. just they get overlooked because they're very, very simple. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. this is the last thing on our mind. Yeah, we want to go for the complex powders that we buy at GNC or right. whatever. And, and right. The, right. <laughs> the the really yep. I've I've gone to a few supplement stores and they've they've gotten some, they've gotten pretty crazy with all the stuff that you know they're claiming and all the things that they put in there. So I want to get into the spiritual component of it because I think that's something that's really apparent about why you do the things you do. This isn't purely a scientific mission. That there's a there's a deeply spiritual and personal component to it as well for you and i think that really comes across without you really ever saying it but i pick it up from your being and from your approach to it so i wonder if you could speak about the spiritual aspects of the grounded athlete and grounding in general perhaps one part of that is i am i'm native american mm -hmm. and so i come from a tribe here in the midwest my grandpa was chief of our tribe mm -hmm. and his uh, father and so on we're, we're all chiefs of our tribe. And so I grew up in a very rich Native American culture. I mean, this isn't just specific to our culture, but a lot of cultures will see the earth as being very healing. So when people are, are sick, they'll tell them to go be with the earth, go connect with the earth, because the earth has very healing, very healing properties to it. And in my tribe, in my culture, the earth is not only healing it connects all of us. It's what connects all of our spirits. Mm -hmm. So this, this one, this one big ball of healing. So, I mean, when I was a kid, I was just like, ah, eh, no, I don't, I mean, I don't really know. I don't really know what's, what's going on here. Like, I don't know, because you don't know what to believe when you're a kid. Like right. when you hear like all these traditions, it's kind of like being thrown on you and stuff. But now that, you know, I have like, I'm discovering this stuff. I'm looking back, you know, a lot of our ancestors knew what, what how things work mm -hmm. you know they, they knew what was good for your body and it's only kind of just now that science is starting to catch up with that mm -hmm. so you know looking at all this grounding stuff and thinking back to um how all of my my relatives and all of my elders and stuff were always telling me that i should always be connected to the earth that i should never lose that that connection to the earth it, it just makes a lot more sense to me now and it's a lot more meaningful but yeah that was that was a big part of, of my culture growing up that con staying connected to the earth they meant it literally like normally when yes. you hear something like you stay connected <laughs> to the earth they mean you know people tend to meet it in this larger kind of sense but it sounds like they meant no actually literally be connected like physically connected to the earth. not metaphorically we want you to go be connected to the earth yes. <laughs> yeah well it's it, it's it must be really fascinating for you to have to have grown up with that belief and that that sense of knowing and then to be kind of validating it almost accidentally the truth of it you know through this completely other other kind of door it's like the, the you know the wet where where western medicine begins to come into the same space as like inherited native traditions as well it's like once they start discovering the same things you're getting pretty close to truth i think yeah we've got uh 
long line of tradition meeting science here. Mm-hmm. So very, very special. What, what does your family think of all this? It's like, as you suddenly went from being a sprinter, like he's making sandals now, like what's going on there? I, I try, I try and convince them about the grounding and stuff, but a lot of it, I mean, it just, to some people, it still kind of comes off as like woo woo stuff. Oh, sure. And I, I do my best to get my family to be barefoot as much as possible. When I go visit my brother, my niece and stuff, I make sure I take them outside and I get their shoes off and everything. We go for long walks and everything. Uh, it's it's a very peculiar effect on, on kids too, because the, the, the very calming, parasympathetic effect of grounding. I, my niece is normally very fussy. My brother's, he's kind of crazy, but. I noticed like when we're, when we're on our long barefoot walks that they're just, they're a lot more calm. Mm-hmm. A lot, there's a lot more sereneness about them. And I think a big part of that is just they're, they're insulated all day. You know, they're disconnected from the earth. So um, they're in this, this constant high stress state because of that. And a lot of things can manifest from that high stress state. So one of the things you talked about in your video was, uh, was babies in intensive care being around all these intense electrical fields with all the devices that they're connected to and how grounding can really help those children in these difficult situations. And it was related to the vagal tone conversation, which I'll link to the, your YouTube vagal tone video. It's about 15 minutes long and it's a great video. It's really, really thorough in depth. But I wonder if you could speak a little bit more about that because I don't think a lot of people would think that, oh, well, little babies need to be connected and grounded, particularly when they're going through these very difficult health circumstances. The thing I tried to, to hit on the nail there was it's from, from the point that these, these kids come into the world, it's extremely important to keep them grounded. This starts at the mother, how stressed she is, what she's going through during her pregnancy. This, if she's, she's really stressed, she's really going through uh, like a depression or something. And they can, this, can, this can have a genetic component to it. It can pass on to her, her, her child, her child can develop this low vagal tone because of whatever her mother was going to going through. And with these babies, they, uh, they're surrounded by this, this electrical equipment that again, induces this, this voltage onto them, this, this charge on their skin surface. What that does is it alters their vagal tone. And so it brings down their vagal tone, which means they aren't able to, their body isn't able to cope with stress as well. Mm-hmm. And so they're just in this constant state of high stress. And so it's been shown that when they turn these, these uh, incubators off, these vagal tones, they increase. I think a very, something we could implement right now is uh, grounded hospital beds, grounded incubators. I think that would be very, very useful and, and very, very helpful in hospitals. I think that could have a very extremely beneficial effect um, in patients that are in hospitals. This vagal tone, it, it can compound over time. And so the longer you are in this, in this low vagal state, um, the harder it's going to be to get out of that low vagal state. Mm-hmm. And there are ways, there are ways we can improve it because the vagus is, it innervates many things and there's many ways you can stimulate this, but this paper, this paper kind of just introduced a new way to stimulate your vagus nerve, which is just through grounding. Vagal tone is something that I think it's very uh, neglected these days, but it's, it's extremely, extremely monumental in terms of, uh, turning your health around if you're, if your health is deteriorating. Let's talk about that. Cause the vagus, the vagal nerve is, is sort of a super highway between the, the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous system, if I understand correctly. Yeah. So it's, it's the, it's the primary nerve. If you're a parasympathetic 
nervous system. And so when this is when this is stimulated, when this is high, when this tone is high, again, you're much able to cope with stress better, internal, external stress. And so you want you want a high vagal tone. You want this, you want to stimulate this very frequently. There's a few known ways to do it, and it's uh, cold exposure, improving your gut microbiome. Singing and humming is actually one too that's very interesting because your, your vagus, it innervates those vocal cords. There's, there's many ways to stimulate it. Now for the first time, there's grounding is, has a measurable effect on that. So the, the parasympathetic nervous system absorbs the stress, sort of like the subconscious that absorbs the stress of the sympathetic nervous system, if I'm understanding correctly. So if I'm exposed to some stressful situation, use the example, I spilled coffee on myself. So my sympathetic nervous system spikes up. Oh crap, I spilled coffee on myself and it's hot or whatever. And then the parasympathetic nervous system absorbs that sympathetic stress to create a sense of homeostasis. Do I have that right? Right. Bring you back, bring you back down into that homeostatic state. Yep. So if I have a if I have a high vagal tone, the vagus is the the key nerve of the parasympathetic nervous system. So if I have a high vagal tone, my parasympathetic nervous system is better able to absorb my sympathetic stress. Is that correct? Exactly. Yes. Okay. Okay. So I'm putting, I want to put all the pieces together to make sure that I get it. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff that goes into it. Yeah. I mean, I, I try and go into like the really, the, the complex part of it because like, it's just, that's, what's interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And then I try and simplify it in the best way I can, but it's, it's, yeah, it's just being barefoot on the earth, but there's a lot of complexities to it especially, especially physiological, there's, there's a lot, a lot more that goes into it than people think. So that's Mm -hmm. why I started making the videos and stuff. Yeah. Well, it really, it really helps because I would have said just from my own experience that just being connected to the earth is very calming, but I wouldn't have been able to put the pieces together that, okay, it's not just calming in terms of whatever my, my perceived way of being is. It's actually physically charging my vagal nerve to be able to absorb more stress so it's calming in that way. Uh, it's decreasing my blood viscosity, so my blood can flow more easily, which I would imagine decreases blood pressure. So it, it's calming in that way. It deoxidizes my body for the free radicals, so it re- decreases an inflammation response. So it's calming in that way. There's a real scientific, for lack of a better word, grounding behind all of this, and that's what blew my mind last night. I was like, no, this is all really real stuff. This isn't, again, it's not bro science. Yeah. <laughs> Um, another benefit to it, I think a lot of people can, should start doing is, uh, when, when they're using their electronics, I think it's important to be grounded when you're using electronics. So a lot of time when I use my phone, I like to go outside to use it. When you're grounded, you're connected to the electrical ground. Basically it produces this kind of shield around your body that prevents electromagnetic fields from coming into your body and messing with your body's electrodynamics. It's called the umbrella effect. And it was it was described by uh, Richard Feynman, who was a Nobel, uh, mm-hmm. Nobel Prize winner. Um, he talked a lot about electromagnetism, but it's it's called the umbrella effect. And it basically means like when you're grounded, you're shielded from electromagnetic fields. It kind of has like this repulsive effect. So they're not able to come into your body. So I think it's important when people um, that people are grounded when they're when they're around a lot of all these alternating currents, these electric currents that come from electronics and wiring and all that. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're bombarded with electromagnetic radiation all day, just to, <laughs> not just in our everyday environment, but just 
just to think about, you know, okay, so you've got your wiring in the house and you've got your phone and you've got your Wi-Fi and you've got all the electrical appliances in the house and fluorescent lights as well. And then you've got the cell towers and you've got radio and you've got satellite. Like the amount of artificial electromagnetic radiation we're bombarded with all the time is it's pretty incredible when you start thinking about it. There's a lot, a lot of sources, a lot of sources that can do damage to our health. So there's ways, ways to go about it. I mean, you can, you buy grounding sheets, you buy grounding mats, you go outside and you ground more, you know, mm-hmm. there's a way, there's a way to combat this. So mm-hmm. you buy a pair of grounding sandals. Yeah, you could do that too. <laughs> <laughs> so, so just to, to put it all together with the sandals then, so it's sometimes not convenient or even comfortable to go walking around on, on bare surfaces and bare feet, unless you have hobbit like feet, which most of us don't anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the, what the sandals through the, so walk me through what, how, walk me through, ha, walk me through what the sandals do to help ground us specifically. This is the technology in the sandals, so to speak. The rubber, the rubber underneath your shoes, under the shoes that people wear, it's insulating. So it doesn't let the earth's surface charge come into you. So those electrons aren't able to come into your body. And so what we want to do is provide a channel for the electrons to come into your body and ground you. How I did that with the sandals is I install a, a copper plate on the bottom of every pair of sandals. Um, and then I sew a silver conductive thread into each of the webbings that connects to that copper plate. So this is an actual silver coated thread that I use that I sew into all these. It's rated at 10 ohms per centimeter, which is a measure of electrical resistance, very low. Silver is the best conductor in the, on the planet. Mm-hmm. Copper is second. Mm-hmm. So these are two very good materials to get you grounded. And so with all that, all that together, you, you end up with a, a very much grounded sandal. And then you have the leather hide too, which you're going to sweat on. So that makes it more conductive. So you've got it traveling through the leather hide there too. A lot of, a lot of thought went, in, <laughs> went into the design of these things. So, and I'm still, I'm still figuring out ways I can make them maybe better, but I kind of like where they're at now. What are some of the innovations that you're working on? So right now I'm working on something new and it's not a sandal. I'm, I'm calling it my Aries, my Aries project. A lot of people have messaged me about it. It's a new project I'm working on and it's something that I'm going to try and have done by the end of spring, summer. But I think a lot of people will like it. You can only do so much with sandals. So mm. that's all. That's all I'll say. Ah, fascinating. Yeah. Well, I mean, con- considering that in a, in the space of a year from when you discover this information, you've gone around to making pretty popular sandals and building a brand and a, and a movement behind you around the grounded athlete. I'm, I'm, it's exciting to imagine like the directions that you're going to take this in. I mean, there's so many places you can go from here. There's, there's many, as many things I can do with it, but the basic foundation of this will always be the same, just to tell people about grounding and let people know about grounding and how this can positively impact their health. But yeah, I'm I'm extremely happy with how, how much momentum it's built in, in the very short short amount of time that it's been up. I'm always thinking of ways I can make things better, of ways I can get this information out. I'm doing my best with the videos and the content that I put out to try and educate people about it. So hopefully it just continues to grow and more people find out about it. But yeah, I'm always I'm always thinking of ways to innovate. And you do all this while keeping a, a regular day job as well. That's true, yeah. Uh, I work in medical equipment sales uh, most of the day, mm-hmm. and then I, I go to training for about two to three hours, and then um, from there, I'm usually making sandals or I'm making some kind of content for the grounded athlete. So it's pretty busy right now, but I'd rather be busy than not producing anything. You know, I like to be constantly producing or creating something that's just 
That's how I am. And advancing a cause for sure. Right, exactly. Do you make your sandals during the week when you're working or do you save it for the weekend when you have a, a bit of time? Because I think you said it make, takes about 90 minutes to make a pair of sandals now. I tell myself that I'm not going to do anything on the weekend. I'm not gonna, <laughs> but I always end up working a lot on the weekend. It's just, I, I like to get them out to people as, as quick as I can, but I don't rush the process. I don't like to keep people waiting too much for them. Um, but at the same time, they are handmade. So they do take a little time. And each pair is very special to me. Each pair is mm -hmm. very unique to me. Do most of the work during uh, my work week. And then on the weekends, I try and relax a little bit. But I mean, making the sandals, it's not exactly stressful to me. Mm -hmm. I, like, I like making them so much. Like there are some parts to it, like sewing and stuff, where I'm just like, God, this fucking sucks. But, uh, but when... When I finish and they're they're done, and I'm looking at them and I'm holding them and I'm like, wow, I, I made these. Like these are somebody somebody on the other side of the country or the planet is gonna be wearing these on their feet. And so it's a very fulfilling thing to do. What sort of messages do you get from people about the sandals? I've gotten a lot of messages about my sandals and mostly mostly positive. They're just like, wow, I I I wear these things every day. I had my first guy actually uh, wear his down to like the, the copper because I guess he wears them like eight to 10 hours a day, like every day. Wow. <laughs> like, I didn't know you're going to be wearing them that much, but um, they're so far I've gotten nothing but, but positive praise for them. They're like, wow. I mean, I, I love the craftsmanship. Um, you can tell how much effort you put into these and um it really it just it makes me happy um, when people message me about that stuff and about the grounding too. They're just like, wow, this has really opened my eyes to this. And all the all the messages, all the DMs and stuff I get about the sandals, they they really keep my momentum going. And I, I really I, I try and interact with everybody that that messages me, comments on my stuff. I try and get to every single one of them. So. Mm -hmm. Um, while I can, I don't know how we'll scale big it gets, but sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, you must have some sort of notions of being able to expand at some point. Cause you are just one guy and, and you, know, one guy. you are just one guy <laughs> making all these sandals, which is really incredible. I mean, I think there's a real return to wanting handmade stuff these days, this stuff made in America, handmade by people, you know, versus mass produced stuff overseas. I think there's a real shift to that lately coming from a machine you know nothing very nothing meaningful about that really but yeah i mean i didn't i didn't know how to do any of this like uh last april last april um march i was just i didn't know how to make a brand really i didn't know how to make a, a website or anything or or everything that I'm, I'm getting really good at now i didn't i didn't know how to do any of it less than a year ago so i'm continuing to to grow and learn about this stuff like i didn't know anything about e-commerce or anything like that um making the website and it's it's really cool i like learning about all this stuff um and i'm, I'm really glad it's it's come to fruition and i think it's i think it's just going to continue to grow and i think grounding is just going to become more more common terminology which is what i want so yeah it's definitely going in that direction and you've got me thinking about like this is something i need to incorporated into my daily practice because there are a lot of thought leaders in fitness and and male personal development that talk a lot about sunshine every day. It's like Soul Bras is as a, a big guy, you know. <laughs> I hope to talk to him someday, but he's he's big on, you know, as his name would imply, get out and get 30 minutes of actual direct sunlight on yourself every day. Little the little simple things like that people people overlook. 
crazy what gets overlooked, like sunshine, you know, real, real food. I'm a bit pretty big on getting most of my calories from meat. I eat a lot of steak or makes up most of my calories during the day. I'm not fully like carnivore. I know that carnivore thing is getting a lot more popular. There's a lot of good things about it. I mean, I think if you eat nose to tail nutrition, you can get a lot of what you need. We'll see. I mean, I know a lot of people are, are switching from like vegan and stuff and going carnivore and they're seeing a lot of benefit in that. So nutrition is, is, is super, super complex and it sucks for people that are in that field. Every month something's coming out where it's just like disproving like the past stuff. I'm glad I'm not a nutrition expert like that. That would be rough. I mean, I see you as part of this overall trend towards human wellness, I guess you would say. Like, well, okay, what have we been doing wrong in our society that's creating, like you said, about these uh, these inflammatory driven diseases, cancer, diabetes, heart disease, stuff like that. Western medicine, like you said, is really good at acute traumatic care, broken bones, you know, things like that. But when it comes to these ongoing diseases that, that are sort of chronic in nature, the healthcare system is pretty, is pretty terrible at it. And I think also exploitative in some ways. And so a lot of people are asking these questions like, okay, how can I improve my health overall? And they universally come around to diet and exercise and some people get around to water and sunlight and you know screens and reading books and all these things but no one's really come around to grounding yet no one's really come around like hey by the way plug your feet into the earth yeah we forget we forget that we are also electrical electrical beings this is a missing a missing link here being grounded ignoring our the electrical component of our body Mm -hmm. Um, very much a missing link and something we need to pay more attention to this is huge in terms of inflammation and oxidative stress which are linked with many of the major major diseases that are plaguing our society today really it's it's that simple it's just it's being barefoot being barefoot on the earth wearing sandals um it's it's very very simple very very profound effect on the body for someone who is now convinced to order a pair of sandals and uh and hopefully hopefully not rob you totally of a weekend but for someone who's convinced to, and had to, uh, to buy one of your sandals and is bought in or at least curious um, how do you recommend they use the sandals? Because I did read on your website, like, you, you know, even though you did have that one guy walking around eight to 10 hours a day, you're not supposed to start that way, right? Right. I mean, I don't know how, like your history on what you've worn your entire life, maybe, uh, like Asics and Brooks and stuff like that, or like really, like really cushiony shoes. I'm not sure your history on that, but for most people, like when they jump right into the minimalist footwear, it can mm-hmm. be kind of a shock to their system. And so I always tell people, you know, Give it maybe maybe wear them once, take a day off, wear them again, um, take a day off. But it really just comes down to how strong your feet are. You know, uh, most people don't wear the minimalist footwear, so be patient. You know your body better than anybody else. So if you feel like you need to take them off for a bit and go back into your other shoes, that's fine too. Because we're we're wearing these these really cushioned shoes all day, and we're not used to this. So when I first started with the minimalist. But where I mean, I had to take some time to kind of ease myself into it just from a life of being in really thick soled shoes. It just takes time. I am familiar with minimalist footwear. I mean, I used to have a pair of Vibrams. I don't know how I didn't wear them super often. I did used to wear them to the gym a while ago, a few years ago. And then I also uh, had a pair of bedrock sandals. I don't know if you've encountered them as well. They they make really, really thin soled uh, sandals that are great for travel. So they weigh like next to nothing. So I traveled with them for a while. Um, so I did wear those, but not all the time. Most of mostly I've worn like hiking shoes and stuff. So as my feet begin to strengthen walking, well, we've covered the 
the benefits, the electrical benefits to the body in terms of grounding. But what will happen is my feet start to strengthen. What does that sort of begin to do to my whole, uh, my whole postural system, I guess you'd say? When we start at the foot and the ankle, naturally this is just going to travel further up the musculoskeletal chain, um, from the ankle to the knee to the hip, up to the neck. I like starting at the feet. I know a lot of people start other places like the hips, um, the knees, the neck, back. And this is, this is coming from someone that I focused a lot on mobility and posture is everything for me. Mm -hmm. So especially in, in my training um, and sprinting and stuff, you've got to have good posture. And so when I started mobilizing my ankles and I started strengthening my feet with the PVC and all that. Oh, that's what you're doing, uh, rolling on the pipe on your, on your Instagram. Yeah, I, was, I, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend everybody to jump right into PVC. It's really hard, maybe like a softer surface first to get into it. But that just kind of trains the finer musculature of the feet that gets ignored most of the time. So when I started doing that, I didn't even have to do anything really for like my knees and my hips and my my prehab activity. I didn't I didn't have to do as much of that when I just started paying attention to my feet and ankles. Again, like it's it's your first point of contact with the ground, and so you want that to be highly mobilized and strong. Pressure travels through through your your musculoskeletal system a lot more efficiently. The foot and the ankle, I think, is where we should start for sure when mm -hmm. it comes. to mobilizing the body so as our feet get stronger the entire chain up through there strengthens our body as well knees hips back neck just it just kind of naturally corrects everything further up a good place to start is the foot and ankle and, and along with the grounding benefits as well yeah you got two things going on here you're grounded and you're strengthening your feet being outside getting your feet used to uneven surfaces um you know you got a couple of things here that are really, really great for your health. That's really, really exciting to me to learn because I can feel inside my body knowing about the calming effects of being connected to the ground. But as, as we're talking this through, I, I can feel this kind of instability in wearing a, a, a thick-soled shoe and what that kind of ends up doing as I walk around. I don't wear a lot of athletic shoes and I don't like super cushiony athletic shoes. I know a lot of people do, but I find them really disorienting in a way. But still, you really can't av avoid it now in some ways. But as I'm just kind of thinking my way through this, like my body's really relaxing to to imagine it, which is usually a good sign. Yeah, I see a lot of people they step out of they step out of shoes like that, and it's kind of like they're learning to walk again. Yeah, they're kind of like a little wobbly. It's because you know the the shoes have just altered their gait, the walking gait, their running gait so much that they when they go barefoot or they're going to minimalist footwear, it's like kind of learning to walk again. Mm -hmm. so it's it's kind of a it's kind of a de-evolution in a way do you get messages from people saying that i started wearing your sandals and you've improved this health condition or i've you know gotten stronger or i've gotten a lot of messages about posture mm -hmm. posture balance um my posture has gotten a lot better when i'm walking balance has gotten a lot better my coordination has got a lot better and a big part of that is just having well, a flat minimalist shoe so you're you have a much stronger base you're not um, unstable. You're, you have a natural gait when you're walking in them when, because they're flat. A lot of the messages I get are, are pertaining to, to posture, balance, and coordination that they've developed wearing them. So just like you would develop being barefoot, except you know, you've got sandals to wear now. Do you, as we're heading into the winter months, it's probably a bit cold to be walking around barefoot in sandals, but is there, what, do you rec what do you recommend for that? As far as just be, well, being grounded or wearing the sandals, like other pair of socks. You, I mean, how, I do, mean, you, how, do, you feel, how do you feel about the whole sock sandals thing? This is what we've all been building to this question. I like wearing, I like wearing like the toe socks with my sandals, uh -huh. like in the, in the winter, like, um, it just, 
the sandals make it a lot more convenient. Last winter, I was spending a lot of time um, just barefoot on frozen soil. And yeah, I mean, it's not the most comfortable, but it was, it's important. So I, I need to be out there doing it. So having the sandals, it's a, it's a huge convenience in that aspect. Um, but be smart about it. I mean, here it gets like down to negative five. Mm-hmm. It gets, gets really cold here. So when I do it, I just make sure I'm, I'm really, really uh, zipped up as far as uh, upper body core. And then I just, I'll go stand outside for five to 10 minutes because, you know, naturally it's not going to be as long when it's that cold out. But right. in the winter, it's, I think it's, it's really important to be grounded because that's when a lot of these illnesses, a lot of these, this stuff starts to set in. I think it's because we're always inside on these temperature controlled buildings. Right. We're not exactly nurturing our immune system that way. So you, will you stand outside barefoot or will you stand outside in the sandals or probably a bit of both? Both. If it's, it's down to like 30 degrees, I'll be barefoot 25, 30 degrees. Anything below that, the ground starts to get like, it starts to hurt a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's where the sandals come in. So that's, that's when I start wearing my sandals. So. And do you, do you, the rest of the time you're, you walk around in cushion shoes or do you try to wear your sandals as much as possible in your, in your day job in medical sales? So my day job, I'm wearing like a flat wide toe box. I just make sure they're flat. I wish I, I wish I could wear my sandals at my, my day job. <laughs> That'd be nice. I lived in New Zealand for a little while and they have a thing in New Zealand about walking around barefoot. People just don't wear shoes. And so you actually do see a, a quite a, quite a lot of the people walking around inside supermarkets and stores and stuff walking around. It's, it is actually a cultural thing in New Zealand to not wear shoes. We need to get that over here. For sure. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I, I've, I've sent a, a pair out to New Zealand. This, this guy's a, a power lifter. He's out there, but he, he really likes his. But yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know that their culture was super barefoot centric like that. But that's awesome. I wish I wish we were more like that over here. I do, too. I, I actually it was super weird living over there because in, in America, if you're inside a supermarket and you're not and you see someone not wearing shoes inside a supermarket, my immediate judgment is like the person might actually be crazy. You know, am I, am I at risk? But you walk around in New Zealand, there are people walking around barefoot almost everywhere. And so I, I had to try it. And, you know, I drove to the corner store wearing uh, the dairy, you know, where, which is what they call it there, wearing, you know, without wearing shoes and driving without shoes is weird. And then walking through the parking lot without shoes is weird and walking around inside. But, you know, I guess I kind of got used to it. It's a nice casual feeling. Well, yeah, that's where it's where the hobbits came from, you know. Gotta, gotta keep that culture strong there. <laughs> so, so just for my last question, so for the person who's listening and they're still skeptical, they're still like, I don't think something so 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 small can make a big difference. What would you say to that that diehard skeptic? I would say that that is exactly what I thought when I first found out about grounding. I was like, there's there's no way this isn't going to do anything for me. You have to experiment. You have to experiment with everything. And it's only when you experiment that you know when something works. So try it, see how it affects you. That's how I learned. And I was pleasantly surprised with how it affected my health, how it affected my training, how it affected my sleep. Sleep is a big thing there. Mm. Again, just try it. I mean, you're not, it's not going to hurt to try. I put a lot of articles on my website on the, on the research tab that go over a lot of the, the benefits that we touched on. If, if that doesn't convince you, I mean, maybe just going out and experiencing it well, because there, there is something, there is something about just being outside, being barefoot that is noticeable, that is calming, that is serene. And it just takes experiencing it to really kind of be like, wow, there's, there's something here. Where can people go to find out more about you and what you do? The website, which again, I have the, a lot of the research articles, um, 
on there that you can look at, you can read for yourself. I wanted to make those as widely available as I could. But the Instagram, I'm super active on there. That's probably the easiest way to get a hold of me is through the Instagram. Message me on there. If you want to talk about talk about grounding, if you want to talk about sandals or anything, then just shoot me a message. And I try and get I try and get to everybody on there. So again, the Instagram or the webpage or are really easy places to, to get a hold of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like it'd be a really good way for people to connect with each other and share their experiences with grounding as well. Yeah, that's what I love. I mean, social media can be a bad thing. Social media can be a good thing. Mm-hmm. I love Instagram and I love all the things that you've got to know how to use it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I use Instagram to connect with people that are like-minded like me, like you. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's a lot of really, really cool, wise people out there like you and the people you've had on the podcast that I love to follow because they put out really, 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 really good information and content. And I think the connection that social media gives us to these kinds of people, it's very, we're very fortunate to have it. You just have to know how to use it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful to have had this conversation with you and to have, to have gone through the research and discovered the truth of it for myself. And that's the most exciting thing is that I didn't have to, I didn't play skeptic or come in without knowing anything like, no, the information is, is very convincing once you start engaging with it. Yeah. I came at it from a skeptic cause that's just who I am. I, I, that can be a good and bad thing, but uh, a good thing when it comes to researching things, because you can't just take everything in and be like, Oh, this is, you know, this is it. This is the truth. You've got to come at it from a point of, you know, this might not be good or this could be good. That's, that's how I approach this. And I think that made, it that more meaningful to me when I found out, you know, this is, this is really something here, you know, this is special. Oh, it's personal. It's exactly. Yeah. Yes. Well, you have my full support for the mission and I'm, I'm grateful I have this chance to listen to you, share your wisdom about these subjects. I, I very much, I was looking forward to my talk with you, Will. I'm glad to finally see you and meet you in person. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I saw your photography and stuff like that's awesome. He's a really good photographer. So thank you. I really appreciate that. This has been fantastic. Thank you so much. Yes, no problem. I hope to be in contact very, very soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Renaissance of Men podcast. Visit us on the web at renofmen.com or on your favorite social media platform at Ren of Men. This is the Renaissance of Men. You are the Renaissance.